Welcome to the Therapy Thoughts Podcast. This is Tiffany Rowe. I'm a clinical mental health counselor and psychology teacher in Utah, and I want to change the mental health game. The Therapy Thoughts Podcast is all about breaking down therapy-related topics and making mental health information easy to understand and super accessible. So join me for quick and direct educational episodes and some deeper dives with experts from around the world. Together, we are going to break down stigma. We're going to help each other make peace with mind, body, and food. We're going to make therapy cool and invest time in our mental health. Let's do it here, one therapy thought at a time. What's up? Welcome to the Therapy Thoughts Podcast. We are back and today's therapy thought is all about mom guilt. This one is personal. This one is for all the clients on my therapy couch and for those of you who ask about this on Instagram all the time. Mom guilt. Let's jump right in. So guilt is a feeling. It's an emotion. I use the two words interchangeably. But how do you experience that feeling of guilt in your body? What about it is so uncomfortable and we want to resist it? It's it's heavy and throbbing and intense. Mom guilt is an ongoing guilty experience. And let's think about where guilt comes from. Guilt is a natural emotional response to thoughts that say, you should be doing something differently, or this this conflicts with your values, or maybe this is wrong or bad, or this isn't good enough. So we can absolutely connect expectations and guilt, expectations on yourself, of others, in your job. I mean, we can have guilt in any arena, but when we fail to meet our own expectations or maybe society's expectations or whatever, expectations are going to fuel resentment and definitely guilt. Another factor is perfectionism, a belief system, a temperament, an ideal that we may carry that tells us we are supposed to be perfect. And I would love someone to define what that means in motherhood. I definitely have an idea in my mind, and I definitely had an idea growing up that I'll talk about in a bit. Also, mom guilt is a result of the identity connection that happens with this role. Um. We have a role in motherhood that uh, fuels so much identity and purpose and meaning in life. The stakes are really high, and this can lead to a sense of guilt when we're not killing it and doing it perfectly based on our expectations and beliefs. And then I think, yeah, the bar and stakes are high because lives are on the line, and we're thinking about not only how we do, but what's the impact. So the ability to have empathy is going to create some mom guilt because we can fast forward into the future and think, what if this isn't good enough for this little human? What if I'm blowing it? What if I hurt them? What if they hate me? Uh, The anxiety that plays into that. But the responsibility and our capacity for empathy and to reflect about the impact that our actions might have on someone else would lead to guilt. So today's podcast is not about never feeling guilt again. Guilt is a normal, healthy, adaptive emotion What I want to point out right now is I think a lot of us have mom shame and not guilt. Uh, I mean, if you're into the work of John Bradshaw or Brene Brown, who's a more modern 
researcher on guilt and shame, um, the idea of guilt is adaptive and helps us know where we can improve and do better. That's great. We're not here to eliminate that. But if you're dealing with mom shame that is persistent and chronic and it's never enough and you're perfectionistic, I hope some of the stuff we can talk about today will be helpful and adaptive. And long chronic amounts of guilt, I don't think are going to be adaptive because what I think happens with mom guilt is this isn't an actual crossing of our values or a failure to do what is in line with what we believe. It's just the expectations of perfectionism that lead to a sense of guilt or shame. I'm not sure which one you feel. So let's let's break down what leads to this. What are the beliefs that fuel your mom guilt? And some of the common things I hear in the therapy room is I want to be 100%, 100% of the time. I need to be perfect at this. And for me, when I think about that, that means I should be on the floor making eye contact, smiling, doing sign language, speaking, singing all simultaneously while reinforcing and validating my kids' emotions. I definitely should never look at my phone. I should definitely never leave for work and should just be super calm and collected all the time. I don't think I do any one of those things ever. So just here with you in this. But the the fact that we want to be 100% all the time fuels mom guilt for sure. And then the idea that we want to meet every need perfectly. And we cannot do that. Even if we have this perfect on the floor, perfect eye contact, teaching our kid how to be bilingual all simultaneously while teaching them how to regulate their own emotions scenario. We want to meet every need perfectly and we can't because we're not this other human. So they are going to turn into their own adult selves who are responsible for meeting their needs. And we do what we can at this point. But even if we meet all of their needs through our perceptions and our beliefs and our temperament and our framework, it's it's hard to say that that's going to perfectly address it in the perfect way for that child. And so wrestling with that belief of I have to meet their need perfectly and and trying to come to a place of flexible acceptance that, well, that may not be possible. Um, the other belief that fuels this is I'm not doing enough. And you may not be, but you may be, but we want to have to kind of accept that we can't always do more. And I'm talking about this perfectionistic expectation example that I keep using where it's like 24-7, perfect eye contact all the time, never distracted. We have to accept that we're doing enough while trying to balance self-care for me, running an empire, raising a kid, having a marriage, trying to cook food, maybe exercise and sleep, whatever, right? Like, can we do enough? Can it ever be enough? So the belief that it's just not enough is going to lead to a sense of chronic guilt. Uh, the belief that I'm a failure, kind of no matter what I do, that's going to fuel it. The belief that through comparison, we're just not cut out for this. We're not good at this. And then maybe the belief or the comparison of my roles are different than how I was taught or raised thinking about what you saw growing up, what you were taught growing up, what you absorbed, what messages you absorbed, and seeing where you are now, does it feel adequate? And then let's talk about infertility for a second. Infertility raises the perfectionism bar. When you have a history of infertility like me, there's so much expectation and hope and 
just pain riding on having a kid that when it does work out, if it does work out, the bar is raised. You better not blow it. You better be perfect. You have this chance. You almost didn't. Don't mess up. And I think that contributes to my mom guilt personally, but I also see this just in the infertility world. Not that all moms don't feel like they have to be perfect, but the bar is raised. It's even higher when you have invested so much trauma and pain and trying to have this kid. Um, that might be a big part of it for you or someone you know. Let's talk about a couple other, a couple other contributing factors. Socialization. Socialization is the process of learning how to behave and what's acceptable in our society. So think about how you were socialized. What did you learn about your expected behavior in this world? And what did that have to do with the role of motherhood one day? Is it unacceptable to not have children? Is it unacceptable to get a career? Is it unacceptable to be single? Is it unacceptable dot, dot, dot? What is the expectation? What's the socialization around motherhood? What did you learn about that? And if we were all in a psychology class together, we could really break this down and gather our stories. How have we each been socialized to understand the role of motherhood? And what's it like for us to not follow our, the social clock? The social clock is compared to the biological clock. Biological clock is what are, you know, biologically kind of timed events in your life related to, you know, any age, biology, genes. Social, the social clock is social events, environmental events, cultural events that we kind of all have an expectation around. You're going to drive around 16. Maybe you have a religious ceremony at a certain age. Maybe you're going to graduate college around early 20s. Okay, you're in your 30s. Why haven't you had a kid? That's the social clock related to socialization. So that's something to consider. I mean, you could pause this podcast and take a moment to journal like, okay, how was my socialization? How's the social clock related to my identity, my mom guilt? Cause that's what we're talking about, but really anything in your life. Okay. Now let's talk about gender norms. I mean, when I did teach psychology at Utah Valley university, we would break down gender norms, gender roles, the social clock and this stuff, it's wild that I can survey a room of 200 college kids and have the same responses semester after semester after semester. This stuff is indoctrinated into us. We know it and we are told what to be and how to do it from a very early age. Toddlers, in fact, if you tell them to break down gender roles, what do boys do? What do girls do? Toddlers will tell you what colors they like, what foods they eat, what toys they play with. I mean, we send we send kids home with a bow on their head or with a blue little blankie, right? Like we are reinforcing and teaching expectations and roles and norms, which are problematic because people don't all fit into these pretty little boxes. We especially know this about gender. We especially know this about sex. It's a complicated it's a complicated fact. Um, and there's many factors that play into it that are not just based on your external genitals, right? Like we have to look at a lot of different variables. Anyway, I digress. For the sake of what we're talking about, mom guilt, gender norms play into this. Gender norms are social norms and they define what's acceptable or appropriate actions for women and men. And 
it's going to be different in the U.S. compared to like other countries. But they are embedded. They're embedded in our formal education. They're embedded in informal institutions. They're nested in our mind. And they are they are reinforced and they are reproduced through all of our social interactions. So we know what gender norms are. We know because of our training that women are supposed to stay home and raise kids and be moms and that men are supposed to work and they're supposed to act and look a certain way. All of this is extremely problematic. I'm I'm just defining these for you, but it, I want you to understand why we have hella mom guilt because of this stuff. Because from the time we're toddlers, we're giving kids and told, this is what you're supposed to be really, really good at. And the stakes are really high. This is your identity. So that's part of it as well. Now, gender roles is a really interesting one. That's typically where my students all say, okay, so let's say you're an alien who lives on a different planet and you come here, what are we going to tell this alien about gender roles? What do men do? What do women do? Again, I'm here to advocate like it's not a black or white description. Folks are non-binary. There's a whole uh, there's a whole spectrum and there's so much gray area and unique definition here, but I, ho- I hope you're following me. The gender roles, what my students could do is really break down very specifically what men and women do based on gender roles, based on gender norms, what is expected, what's not expected, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, what's safe, what's not. So for gender roles, we could also call this sex roles. This is the social role. This is part of the social clock and socialization. What are the behaviors and attitudes that are okay? What's appropriate? What's desirable for a person based on their perceived sex? And motherhood is so firmly linked with femininity and what that means and what that role is in our life that the two the two really are just part of our development and that may be developmental trauma for people and that may be developmental perfectionism there may be high expectations here or a sense of failure it's complicated but i want us to understand like well no wonder we feel guilty or have this thing this mom guilt notion because the stakes are really high and it's reinforced culturally through our education system, through social interactions. We're raised with these ideas. Okay, we haven't even talked about religious teachings and culture. So, I mean, motherhood is central in gendered expectations for women. And the cultural expectation to bear children, first of all, And then to like rear and raise them is so strong that it's considered normative. We don't question that. We expect motherhood and women to take that on to raise and rear children, that that's normative behavior and accepted and viewed positively. And then if someone is childless, it's viewed as deviant. And then there's religious teachings that really can reinforce this. I was raised Mormon. Um, And there is something called the proclamation to the family within the Mormon doctrine, which really doubles down on the roles of men and women and women's calling and role in this world is predestined. And it's to be a mother and to raise children. Uh, So what I'm saying is if you have guilt around this, consider how high the stakes are for you personally 
how religious teachings, how culture, gender roles, gender norms, socialization, and then like all those beliefs that you just personally have at the beginning that I, I mentioned, like, I want to be a hundred percent. I want to meet every need. I'm not doing enough. I'm a failure. I'm not like these moms on Instagram. Right. So having a little bit of guilt to me indicates you're not a sociopath because you are capable of empathy. You're capable of reflection and you internalize some values. Now, at what point is this problematic and hurtful for you? At what point does this get in the way of your inner peace and true values? And can you be at peace as a mother? That's my big question. I'm here with the big question, Mark. Can it ever be enough? And can you be dedicated to growth and improvement and connection? And I think I have the answer at the end of the podcast. The best the best answer I can come up with as a, a young mom, meaning my kids three. Um, so we know these cultural schemas or these belief systems that we have really tie motherhood, femininity, being a woman as identity and normative. Um, and it also starts to define like if you do other things as competing. But I found some research that actually says that if you um, view mother and worker identities as competing, the research study found that education level is not associated with the importance of motherhood. And that valuing work success is actually positively associated with valuing motherhood among mothers. And I thought that was really cool. And that's also consistent with feminist explanations for like delayed fertility, valuing leisure. Those are negatively associated with valuing motherhood for non-mothers. So lots of interesting research out there. But I thought we have been socialized to believe it's one or the other and that they're competing identities. So it's cool to see research coming out saying, hey, if you have guilt around that because you work and your mom, <clears throat> me, and I do, that there is research support supporting that actually there's a positive association that you can value both because you do both. Uh, but this is where we question our beliefs. I know I was raised to believe that the two are competing. But what's interesting is I have a personal example. My mom joined the workforce when I was in sixth grade outside of the home and I always viewed that as really positive. I, I never had a bad feeling about my mom joining the workforce. In fact, I think she's a badass. And she climbed the ladder and worked her way to a management position. Um, but I still hold on to beliefs that I'm here to share and unwrap with you. Like, oh, if you work, it's going to harm your kids. I don't know why I believe that. I, I picked that up through socialization through religious teaching, maybe, even though that wasn't necessarily explicitly said, somehow I interpreted that. And so that's what I'm talking about. Look at what beliefs you hold on to, whether they're logical, true, based in fact or not. Even if you have experience that's contrary, even if we know that like working moms, the research is really clear. There's a positive association and correlation with increased self-esteem with your kids and improved work, work ethic. Look at where your self-defeating beliefs are. Mine is, as long as I'm working, I'm a shit mom. And I'm here to share that and to say, we have to call out these beliefs in order to overcome the mom shame. We have to look at the research. We have to look at our values and what matters to us if we want to find inner peace. We got to challenge the perfectionism or the belief that says, I'm just a failure. So I'm going to find 
beliefs that reinforce that. So maybe my belief is I'm just going to fail at this. I'm not cut out for this. I wasn't made to do this. So I'm going to make up shit to reinforce that belief that I'm a failure. It's important to call out that stuff so you can find inner peace and just be connected to your kids the best you could be. You know, it's interesting. I talk to my partner about this all the time. He's worked multiple jobs. He had a teaching career. Like I've always worked. Um, and he doesn't deal with what I deal with. I've never heard him once he felt bad for going to work. And he doesn't deal with the same socialization and gender roles and gender norms that I do as a woman. And we explore that because I'll come home from work and talk about how bad I feel for being gone all day. And he'll say, you're the breadwinner. You work. What are you talking about? Like, this is awesome. Like, our kid's fine. But I think the expectations on women to do it all. And I think now the expectation is not only are you supposed to be a stay-at-home mom and not have infertility issues, easily have kids and be heterosexual and and fit a binary definition. All of this plays into it. Sorry, I have to I have to address it all. Not only are you staying home and fitting this perfect black and white definition, now you got to like work from home and make a lot of money, make six figures somehow at a home business while staying connected to your kids and still domestic duties. I mean, the expectations are wild. So look at those. What is it that you believe about this and start to question them and start to doubt what it is that you say to yourself. For me, I'm going to really, really start to call this stuff out because mom guilt is, is sometimes just unmanageable. So here's a couple thoughts. Here's the takeaway section of the podcast. Thoughts lead to feelings. Okay. And there's a reciprocal relationship there. Feelings can trigger thoughts back and forth. But if you're feeling guilty, think about why. For me, no wonder I feel like shit when I say, I'm just never going to be good at this. I'm not cut out for this. I suck. <laughs> I need to stop being a butthole to myself with this area of life. But I also have recognized, and maybe you relate to this, that I am really dedicated to some forms of negative self-talk. Like when it comes to body image and recovery and self-love and like a personality way, like all these special issues, I feel like I've conquered them. And you're going to have those things where you're like, yeah, I'm solid here. Why are we so dedicated to negative self-talk and shit talk? Why are we so committed to that in certain areas of our life? Those are our core issues. And that's where we have to wrestle. We have to understand the wounds and pain that come from those and be willing to get uncomfortable. And I, in the last couple months, have said, you know what? I'm going to really start taking this on and challenging this mom shame. I just don't question these beliefs. I'm just like, oh, no, I, I'm shitty at this. Like, I'm not a good mom. And I say that with, like, conviction. And I had to start challenging myself and saying, why am I unwilling to question this self-defeating belief? It causes me harm. It doesn't make me want to pull closer to my kid. It just makes me want to run away in shame and work more. So I'm with you in this. And if you are dedicated to mom guilt shit talk, you have to call that out and say, I'm going to give this a chance. I'm going to start giving myself grace and self-compassion because that's what's going to help me and that's what's going to help my kids. So thoughts lead to feelings and let's start committing to interrupting this negative self-talk, these negative self-beliefs and throw ourselves a bone. We're allowed to be human. We're allowed to make mistakes. So before I talk in, uh, throw in a couple more tips 
here's some journaling activities that I want you to think about, whether in therapy or with yourself. What are your beliefs about being a mother? And maybe this changes. But I think this is important to understand. Is there trauma in your life that has influenced your beliefs about being a mother? What about infertility? What about religion, gender roles, gender norms, culture, socialization, your own family, whatever it is? Okay, the next one is what's beliefs about like motherhood? So for me, I am starting to uncover this. My mom was perfect in my mind. As a child, I grew up knowing I had to be like her. She was perfect and I wasn't like her. Me and my mom are not similar in personality or life callings. Um, She had six kids, stay-at-home mom, living the Mormon dream, and had super short hair. It went as specific for me that I was like, okay, once I'm a mom, I'm going to have to like calm down and be – super devout and cut my hair short and be conservative. Like I had these thoughts as a kid, like, okay, I can kind of be myself and tell my mom, cause then I'm going to have to be like my mom in order to be successful or to be okay. Now, this is something I've discovered in therapy that I have this expectation of perfectionism and perfectionism is looking like my mom literally and figuratively through behavior action. This, this young child's perception still follows me. So that's, something I really want you to look at for yourself. Maybe you have these wild, deep, super not logical thoughts of a child haunting you in your adult body. And that's why we do inner child work because adult me can go back and help little me know that she has her own purpose and calling in this life and that she can be enough and she doesn't have to be exactly like her mom to be okay. That that's not the definition of perfectionism. Something else I want you to consider is what did you learn about motherhood from home, community, world at large? Are you coming into this role with a expectation of perfectionism and is that fueling your struggle? Let's end with some tips and mindset. Here's here's just some one-liners to get us through this and solidarity that this may be a work in progress. We feel deal heal together. Guilt can be adaptive. When it's shame and problematic and toxic and chronic like mine has been, you deserve to make peace. So step one is to know that it's good enough, that that there may not be an objective measure for that. So it's a decision. You choose it because you get your own back, because you're worthy of love and belonging. And when we are super, super dedicated to the shit talk of motherhood, that means we need it even more. And we're going to say... Maybe it doesn't matter what happened today. I'm enough. If it wasn't perfect, I'm enough. I want us also to own the relationship with our own mom and our childhood. I think a lot of us carry beliefs and expectations from that relationship. And as we do inner child work or healing within our own family system, that will transfer to this role. And here's the real talk. We are allowed to be human. I think that's the end all be all of mom guilt, mom shame. Let's own our humanity and be transparent with our kids. And let's value repairing conflict. Let's teach them how to repair conflict. Let's teach them conflict resolution. Let's model. Let's teach them modeling of repairing what to do when there's breakdowns, what to do when there's hurt feelings. 
Let's teach them how to make amends. Let's teach them the value of being imperfect and being enough that we're allowed to be human. And the best thing we can do is to model that for our kids, to model self-compassion, to model self-validation, to model showing emotion and emotional regulation and to share the imperfection and to invite them into that work. And that transparency is going to change generations. What if we tell our kids their emotions are okay? And that also means our emotions are okay, that they can make mistakes and we can make mistakes, that we're in this together, that we're responsible adults and we're going to teach them and we're going to have boundaries, but we also are not perfect and that we can be enough. Let's build empathy for our own caretakers and their imperfections, and that will help us transfer into empathy for ourselves. Self-compassion is the name of the game. Dropping this expectation of perfect, whatever that means. And focus on our values. What are your family values? Make a family shield, a crest that you walk into. What are the values here? Do we value being real and committed to each other and sharing love and wiping tears? Or do we value perfection? Let's wrestle with that and focus on our values over the expectations of perfectionism. Let's challenge the self-defeating beliefs that follow us through our lives. Let's offer ourselves some grace And the last thing is connect with other people. It's so healing to me when I'm in my therapy room and folks talk to me about mom guilt. And I don't usually self-disclose in those moments because it's their therapy time, but we're all in this same boat together. And if you care, it probably means you're doing a pretty good job. And if you have guilt, good job. You're not a sociopath. (laughs) And we're all working on this, trying to find the balance of I'm enough. I can still improve. I give myself grace. I make repairs and amends when we mess up. And our values are growth. Our values are getting through this with self-compassion and self-validation, getting our own backs. I think that sounds like a beautiful relationship to foster with our kids. And if you're out there and you don't have kids and you're dealing with infertility, I send you just so much love. I know the pressure and the pain that follows you with that. Um, And if you do have kids after infertility, so much love to you for the added pressure and perfectionistic expectations that we carry into this role. You're enough too. So thanks for tuning in today. Um, There's no pretty little bow that wraps us up or takes it away because we're all out here feeling, dealing, healing. And that includes mom guilt. May you be well. I appreciate you tuning in and supporting the Therapy Thoughts podcast. If you want to dive deeper into intuitive eating and body image and self-love, head over to tiffanyrow.com. It's the hub of all of my courses, the podcast, my merch, and information about doing counseling and coaching with me. I hope you guys stick around for more. We have lots of exciting interviews and thought leaders coming onto the podcast. So until next time, may you be well.